Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is the Jimmy P Podcast, and today we're going to be previewing the 2020 Major League Baseball season. Uh, didn't think I'd be doing it in July, but that is the year of COVID. We There's a lot of things we weren't expecting to be doing this year. Um, it's very good to have sports coming back, um, especially one that I love so much as baseball. Uh, currently, it's July 22nd. We still don't know what's going to happen with the football season. Um, we don't even really know what's going to happen with baseball yet. This does feel like a an experiment uh, to see what we can do or to see what the league can do because they don't really have the bubble um, plan that the NBA and NHL had. And I don't really know if that would have worked well for baseball anyway. Um, I don't think it's going to work for football either, but we will get that once we start talking football. I'm going to go ahead and preview what we think is going to happen or what I think is going to happen for this season. Uh, preface that by saying with the 60 game regular season, I have no idea, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to predict because, you know, teams that traditionally aren't so good with a sport like baseball where you can just get hot, uh, could just get hot. You could see a team like the Marlins or the Giants uh, ride that into the postseason. Um, I tried to take that into account a little bit, but I, I also just stuck with what I felt because I do think the, the cream will rise to the top even with just a shortened season. Um, we're going to do this division by division how I did it. Um, and I went one through five how I think each team will finish in their respective division. So I will go ahead and start off with the AL East. Um, I think it's the Yankees division to lose. I I think with Garrett Cole signing for the team, him and Tanaka form a very nasty one-two. Um, and then you got guys that they're still waiting to see more out of. You got, you know, Garrett Cole's going to be your horse. You gave him that big deal. He'll be the guy. Um, Masahiro Tanaka was already, you know, a, a good pitcher. So he'd probably be an ace on most teams. So now you got both of them. And if you got guys like James Paxton, uh Still to figure himself out if he can pitch a good year this year. And Jay Happ, who the Yankees gave that big deal to. If if any of those guys can show up, um, talking about one of the best rotations of baseball, and then you got Jordan Montgomery coming back from his injury. Um, it does hurt not having Domingo Herman. Um, he's been vague with what's going on with him right now, talking about potentially retiring. I know he did say he's not going to, but it will hurt not having him this year. Um but again, you bring a guy like Garrett Cole in, it it only helps a team that's already been so close these past couple years. Um, you got the lineup. I don't really see any holes in it, uh, one through nine. Um, you do wonder if this is when Giancarlo Stanton's finally going to put it together as a Yankee. Um, it'd be nice to see. Uh, I think health is a big issue for this Yankee team. That's what happened to him last year. Um, even as baseball camp was starting, uh, Tanaka took a liner to the face. I think that's what happened. I know he got hit in the head, um, and you just felt like that bug was going to bite again. But if the Yankees can stay relatively injury-free, um, I don't see how they're not one of the teams uh, competing for the World Series uh, this year. Uh, you look at their lineup, you know, Giovanni Urshela will probably bat late in the lineup, and that's a guy that would you know, be batting third or fourth for most teams. That was a nice steal for the Yankees, um, getting him from the Indians a few years ago. Um, the bullpen itself, probably the best bullpen in baseball. If not, you make an argument easily for top three. Uh, they did lose Dell and Patances, but I still really like what they got. You know, obviously, Aroldis Chapman is still, Aroldis Chapman still throws the heat. Um, let me see. You, got, you still got Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, Chad Green. Um, Adovino kind of 
didn't do what I most uh, Yankee fans expected last year. I think he's going to figure that out a little bit. He's still got some of the nastiest off-speed stuff you're going to see. Chad Green struggled a little bit, but then you got guys, like I said, like Britton, uh, Tommy Canely, and then Eroldis Chapman. I think they're going to be okay not having Dylan Batances anymore, but this Yankee team, uh, front to back, it's hard to find any weaknesses other than the injury bug. Um, moving on, number two team I have in the AL East this year would be the Rays. Um, and the Rays are one of those teams. I mean, this isn't one of those divisions where I feel like there's a clear-cut best team. I think the Rays have been waiting for a while. I think on paper they look really good. The unfortunate problem for them is they play in Tampa Bay, so they're not getting a lot of love. They're not getting a lot of people talking about them. But you look at their um, their one, two, three with the pitching, and it's nasty. Um, I'm not sure what order they're going to use, but you, you talk about guys like Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, and Tyler Glasnow all going one, two, three. I mean – Good luck. That's We'll be talking about that when we get to the Pirates, but that was one of the most lopsided trades in recent memory with the Rays uh, trading Chris Archer and getting back Austin Meadows, who's going to be an all-star for years to come, and uh, Charlie Morton and Tyler Glasnow. As I say that, I don't know if they got both of them or not. Um, I'm not sure. I think Glasnow might have already been there, but Morton, I believe, is the one they got. And they've just been they've been filthy. Um Austin Meadows is a star on the rise. I know he tested positive for the coronavirus, um, so that's something to monitor as they go. But he's he's the guy to watch uh, for me if you're if you happen to catch one of their games. I think he's going to be the heartbeat of the team going forward. I I like guys like Yandy Diaz, G-Man Choi, um, Kevin Kiermeyer. Always, you know, again, when we're talking about the Rays. I just feel like we're talking about one of the most underrated teams in baseball. I do think the strength will be their pitching rotation um, because the line, I don't think the lineup's as powerful as like the Yankees, but I think they, you know, they offset that with a better pitching staff than the Yankees. Um, and their bullpen is really good too. Um, and then there's the wild card Brendan McKay. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him yet either. He's their, um, he's their version of Shohei Otani. He does both, but he hasn't really done much yet at the big league. So I wonder what they're going to ask of him this year. Um, that will be interesting if they're if they're going to look to his bat or his arm more. Um, I'm not sure, but let's see. The Rays. Yeah, I mean, solid bullpen. Guys like Anderson, Castillo, Rowe. I think they're being slept on, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them take the division. I think them and the Yankees are both going to be uh, playoff teams. It'll be interesting to see how the dust settles though to see which team wins the division and which team gets in either way i do think both teams are getting in uh and speaking of another team that should be a playoff team but i don't know my number three team in the al east is the boston red sox it has been a weird off season for them um they lose their ace pitcher early in the process chris sale of course obviously did the um tommy john surgery he will not be pitching this year um eduardo rodriguez Presumably will be their ace, but he tested positive also. I know he's been practicing with the team. I think he's okay based on what I read. He said he was really sick, but you know I think he's back to uh, good health now, getting ready with the team last I read. He's going to be asked, I believe, to be the ace. Um, and then they got guys like Nathan Eovaldi, who they gave a nice contract to, but has not produced yet. Um, and then you got guys like Martin Perez, uh, Brian Johnson, they're going to be relying on guys that in the past they hadn't had to rely on very much. 
Um, they had Rick Porcello. Obviously, he plays for the Mets now. There's just there's some question marks, I believe, in their pitching rotation. Because with the Red Sox, I look at that lineup. You got guys like J.D. Martinez, Bogarts, Moreland, uh, Jackie Bradley. Just a lot of a lot of runs in that lineup. But the problem is, if the pitching's not there, it's not going to matter. So that's why I have the Red Sox at third right now because I just don't believe in the rotation right now. And if the rotation doesn't produce, the Red Sox could spiral. Um, and, spe- and again, with the short season, I'm kind of trying not to think about that too much because there's just so many variables that way. Uh, but you look at the Sox, and it's just it's it's weird to see a team that was so powerful just kind of, you know, the free agency thing, losing Mookie Betts, who as of today got that fat $300 million plus deal, uh, lost him and lost their best pitcher in the sake of a year or in the span of a year. And then, you know, you're being asked, with all due respect, Eduardo Rodriguez and Nathan Ivaldi to be the top two guys. I mean, Ivaldi's being paid like a top guy. He just has not produced like one yet. Um, I don't love the bullpen. You know, guys like Brandon Workman, Matt Barnes. I I don't really know who's going to close. Um, not sure yet. I Again, that's why I have them as the third team, but it is the AL East, so not sure. Uh, and then I move on to my fourth team. It is interesting we got the baby Blue Jays, who as of right now don't even have anywhere to play. It looked like the city of Pittsburgh was ready to open up and let them play, but I just saw when I came home today that the, um, I don't know the exact entity, but I guess the Department of Health of Pennsylvania won't let them play. So as of now, the Blue Jays are homeless, still looking for somewhere to go. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say uh, Buffalo makes the most sense to me. I think even Buffalo's mayor said he was... Um, He'd be willing to house them. Um, again, I, I don't know much about the red tape or any of the bureaucracy behind it. I just want to see him play some ball. Um, they're an interesting team to pay attention to. They got those young kids. They're ready. Those young Another team with bats, uh, we got to wonder if the pitching's ready. But you look at the, the, the young core for this Blue Jays team is is uh, crazy. They're the legacy kids. They got Bo Bichette, uh, Kevin Biggio, and then, of course, Vlad Guerrero. I mean, that's going to be a nasty lineup to get there at the top end. And then you got guys like Gurriel Jr., uh, Travis Shaw, I believe the ex-Brewer, uh, Randall Grichuk. Um, You look at the back of the lineup, and it leaves a little to be desired. Um, I think they're still going to have no problem getting the runs in. Uh, what I look to see, the big question mark for the Blue Jays, is the pitching rotation. they got a lot of new guys on the team this year. Of course, they got Hinjin Ryu. The longtime Dodger, they gave him the big deal to come on to uh, Canada. Him, uh, Tanner Roark, who was uh, a national for a while, and then Chase Anderson. Um, they're a possible sleeper team for me. I'm just not sure if they're going to gel yet, if they're ready. Uh, but like I said, that the the young bats, it's you know we're gonna. There's another AL team specifically in the Central that's got a bunch of young kids that I like also. And you just wonder if the chemistry is going to be there yet or if they need some more time to marinate. I do think they're going to be very exciting to watch, though, especially those young bats. I think the question will be, can can that um, can that pitching rotation mesh in their first season together, especially a shortened season where chemistry might be hard to come by. So right now i got the Blue Jays fourth. I wouldn't be surprised to see them leapfrog the Red Sox. I just, as of now, I don't have it going that way because the Red Sox, even though they're decimated, have that track record of winning the Blue Jays do not yet um, and then fifth of course I have the Orioles they just seem to be in limbo right now 
they you know they they just they're in that mode where they're just trying to stockpile the system. John Means, I don't know if he got sick. That's he's there again with some of these guys since it's so fluid with COVID. I'm not gonna know if any, if they're all sick or not, but. Uh, John Means is one of the only positives on that team. He showed signs of being their uh, ace for the future. I don't think they're going to trade him either. I think he's one of those guys they're going to try and hold on to. Um, and unfortunately, we talk about the Orioles. You have to talk about Chris Davis and his, you know, albatross of a contract that it's become for them. And it's kind of turned into that with Alex Cobb as well. I believe he has two years left on his deal. I'm not sure. Um, you know, and then they got some. They got the uh, veterans like Wade LeBlanc, Adger Wojciechowski, uh, in the back end of the lineup, kind of just arms to eat innings while they're you know trying to build back up. Um, I look at guys like uh, Hanser Alberto. I like him to be a, a potential piece to build around. Again, with the Orioles, it's one of those teams, though, you, you look and you don't see too, too much to get excited about right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do like some young guys like Dwight Smith, uh, Cedric Mullins. Again, I just don't see the meat in the lineup. I don't see the meat in the rotation. I think it's going to be a long year for the Orioles, but that's what's awesome about baseball. You just never know. Um, I just don't see it this year, and that'll be it with the AL East. Moving on to the NL East is the Braves I have finishing number one in their division. Um, They remind me... A lot of, of the Yankees, actually, they have a loaded lineup um, as I'm pulling it up on my laptop. I know, you know, they got the budding, not even budding at this point, he's a superstar, Ronald Acuna. Um, and then they got guys like Freddie Freeman, who I believe is healthy from his uh, COVID diagnosis now. They just signed uh, Travis Darno to catch. Um, he's got some nice pop for a catcher out of the bat. Um, again, you look at the lineup. I, it's hard to see any holes. I mean, when you have when you have Austin Riley batting eighth and just the projected lineups I'm looking at, and Dansby Swanson batting ninth, that's that's crazy. Um, I think the biggest question for the Braves would be uh, pitching. What are you going to get out of your starting pitchers? Soroka, Mike Soroka is a very very interesting guy to watch. He was obviously their ace last year. Um, I'd like to see if he can continue that. It's going to be hard to put up the numbers he did, but I mean. Well, he had a 2.6 ERA last year and a 3.5 in limited time in 2018. If he can do anything again like that this year, I mean, that's that's the guy for years to come. Um, so having a guy like Soroka, even though he's only got the one year under his belt, it's he looks like the guy. And that takes pressure off some of the other young guys like Sean Newcomb, uh, Max Fried, who have had that pressure on them, especially another guy, Mike Fultanovich, um, this is a big year for him and Newcomb. I don't know exactly how much Newcomb has left on his deal. I know, I believe Fulty, I believe that Mike Fultanovich is, is, um, this is the last year on his deal. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but you have a guy like Cole Hamels also that they brought in injuries. You got to watch for him. They gave him a nice deal too. I believe 16 mil over one year. Um, but with that lineup, I think they're going to score plenty of runs every night. I just, if these young pitchers can gel, and I believe they can, you're talking about a, um, well, I'm not going to spoil my picks yet for the playoffs, but, I mean, you're talking about a potential World Series team this year, and I think the Braves are definitely in that discussion right now. Uh, their bullpen, they fixed those problems last year at the trade deadline. Um, 
I think we're going to see more cohesion from those guys this year. Off the top of my head, they got what they had: uh, Shane Green from the Tigers, Mark Melanson. Um, oh, and I was talking about their lineup too before I forget. Nick Markakis did opt out. I don't think that's going to hurt them that much. They, I know they signed Yasiel Puig and it fell through. Um, I'm not really sure where the stance is with him right now. I'm assuming once he tests positive, he will join the team. I know Matt Adams is back with the team as well. And with the DH in the NL this year, you know, that's something people or we've forgotten about a little bit too. These NL teams aren't, they're going to get an extra batter. And I think that only helps a team as dangerous as the Braves are to just be even better. Um, if the pitching can click, and I think it will, you're looking at a scary team. And this is just a loaded division because the the, the reigning World Series champs, I don't even have finished winning their division this year. Number two, I got the Washington Nationals. Um, the the uh, target is on them now as the World Series champs. Let's see how they handle it. Um, with no crowds or anything like that, and that's something we'll get with the Astros, I wonder what it's going to be like for teams like that to not have to worry about the crowds or the media scrutiny. I don't feel like, you know, even though it is going to be interesting because the whole world's going to be watching how baseball handles it, I don't know if the media scrutiny, I think with COVID happening, I think that takes some of the pressure off as being the reigning world champions. I think that'll. I, I think that's how it's going to be. Um, but with the Nats, again, they, on paper, great rotation. They might be the best rotation in Major League Baseball with Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin. That's a three-headed monster. And then you have Anibal Sanchez, who still going, man, for a guy who's been around in the league for a while. Um, let's see. The back end, I think, of their lineup is going to be key. You got guys like uh, Carter Keboom, Jan Gomes, the catcher, uh, Victor Robles, and Starlin Castro who's uh, who I had even forgotten signed with them. If they can get some production out of those guys, again, this is a team that front to back looks very good. Um, they lost a couple guys to, to uh, opt-outs as well. I think they might have gotten hit harder than any other team. They lost Ryan Zimmerman, obviously, who's been there forever. Uh, Wellington Castillo, who's going to be the catcher this year. Let me see. It was going to be him and Gomes, I'm sure. Him and Jan Gomes were going to split. And then they lost Joe Ross one of their pitchers. Um, I still like the bullpen. I like guys like Doolittle. I, it, again, it could be a coin flip between them and the Braves. I like them second best right now, but this is just how I'm projecting it to happen. I'm projecting the Braves to win the division and then the Nationals to snag one of those. Let's see. Yep, to snag one of those wild card spots. Again, I will get to my playoff picks, but that's where I got it going right now. And third in the league, I got the New York Mets. They always have the arms. I feel like every time I talk about the Mets, they have good pitching arms, great stable of arms. Uh, now they have bats, too. And I think if this was any other division, you'd probably be talking about a team that, uh, you know, playoff team. But unfortunately, I think the Braves and the Nats, are, I'd have them as probably two of the top five teams in baseball, which unfortunately leaves the Mets on the outside looking in right now. They lo they don't have Noah Syndergaard this year. He had surgery. Um the bullpen is a big question mark right now because they traded for Diaz last year from the Mariners. He was bad. you got to think he'll be able to get it back. But based on last year, um, Edwin Diaz just did not have the numbers. We talked about earlier, they signed, they did sign Dylan Batances from the Yankees who quietly had four all-star seasons in his years in pinstripes. 
not as a closer, just as a you know a middle relief guy. It'll be interesting to see who gets the closing job there. It'll be him, Seth Lugo, if they try and give it to Edwin Diaz again. Um, but like I was saying, I was talking about the um, the starting pitchers. You still got Jacob Degrom, Steven Matz, Rick Porcello, who I I think still has it. Rick Porcello, I don't even know if he's 30 yet, and if he is, he barely is. He's been in the league 10 years. He just started so young. Michael Walker plays for the Mets now. They still have the arms, and now they finally have some bats to pair with it. You got, you know, you got the reigning rookie of the year, Pete Alonso. Um, I think he's going to continue to produce the runs, but I get a little uncomfortable looking at guys like when you, if you're trying to rely on too many runs from guys like Robinson Cano and Giannis Cespedes. Um, I think that's going to be some of the question marks. Some of those older guys, um, where they're going to get the pop out of the lineup. They do look a lot better to me than years past because, like I said, they do have the good pitching already. Now they have the bats. Um, I do. If if you can get some nice uh, bounce back from Michael Walker and Rick Porcello with their new teams, don't sleep on this Mets team. I mean, they're you know now that they can thump a little bit, and that's going to be headlined by Pete Alonso. And then they also have Jack McNeil, Brandon Nimmo, uh, nice young guys on that roster. I, don't be surprised if they somehow do snatch one of those last two or one of those two wild card spots. And that leads me to another NL East team that on paper is very good. I mean, this is a very tough division, and that would be the Philadelphia Phillies at fourth. Um, the reason I put them fourth is because I believe they have the weakest pitching rotation out of the four teams um, so far that we've gotten to in the NL East. Uh, Aaron Nola I like a lot. Um, I do like Zach Wheeler. I don't know if I love him, though, for the money they gave him. And... He's going to be pitching against some really good lineups like the Braves. You know, same lineups he was pitching as when he was a Met. Um, I think that's going to be a big question mark. He can make me eat my words. Uh, I know his career. Um, he's been about a three and a half ERA guy. I don't think he was. I think yeah, he was just a share a hair under four last year. Um, so they have him. Um, they're still waiting to see the Jake Arrieta that they traded for when they acquired him from the Cubs. They're still waiting to see. Uh, if he's going to bounce back. Um, so, you know, he's still a question mark in that lineup. Vince Velasquez, I mean, I don't think he's pitched under a four ERA in the last four or five years. Um, and then Zach Elfline. Elflin, I'm sorry, I was thinking Pat Elf, uh, I was thinking of a different sport completely. Um, Zach Elflin, I mean, again, you don't really know what you're getting outside of Aaron Nola. And Zach Wheeler right now, so I just don't love that rotation. But again, I look at this lineup, and it's a really good lineup. Uh, you're wondering if we're going to see that MVP Bryce Harper this year. Uh, you know, just signed that fat deal last year. I'll give him a break. He probably was. I know Braves fans don't want to hear that. I'll give him a little break. I'm sure it was a ton of scrutiny last year signing that big deal, moving into a new home. Uh, he's, you know, obviously they gave him that money. He's the guy they're expecting to lead the charge of. Um, Offensive production. Then you got guys like Andrew McCutcheon, who's healthy now, still playing at a good level. Uh, an underrated trade they made was for the catcher JT Realmuto, uh, one of the better catchers in Major League Baseball. Jay Bruce, uh, Reese Hoskins uh, at first, Didi Gregorius signed from the Yankees, and then Gene Segura will probably slide over the third. Um, Scott Kingery, this is a lineup with very few holes in it. Uh, again, though, like I said, the problem could be that pitching rotation. 
and the bullpen I'm not sold on either. So right now I got to throw the Phillies on fourth uh, in the division. Like I said, I really like that lineup. I just I have not seen enough out of the rotation to put them higher yet right now. Um, but again, I put on my notes right here. The top four in the NL East is pretty darn close, but that's how I see it right now. And then unfortunately, um, the Florida Marlins. Ooh, see, I, I still do it. The Miami Marlins. Uh, I grew up in Florida, so they were always the Florida Marlins to me. I have the Miami Marlins finishing dead last in the NL this year. Uh, transitional year, if you want to call it that, or just a, you know, a, let's just get some uh, reps to our young guys here. Uh, Jeter's still young in his uh, ownership of the team. Uh, I think we might see a couple more bright spots than people are thinking. Uh, instead of them just being completely horrible everywhere, like the Orioles, I don't know how good they're going to be, but, you know, you can watch John Means to see how he's going to do this year. Um, and while John Means is the only guy that I can really highlight as of now on the Orioles, I saw two guys that I like that I'd keep an eye on for the Marlins this year, and they both happen to be pitchers, um, young pitchers. Jordan Yamamoto is someone to keep an eye on this year, and then Sandy Alcantara. Uh, two young pitchers I'd like to see. You know, I'm starting to see the Marlins as a uh, just because of the uh, unknown factor of the season. The Marlins have become kind of a sexy pick to see who's going to see who's going to be the wild card team. I don't think they're there yet, but again, when you have two good young arms like they do in the rotation, uh, anything's possible, I suppose. Then you got Caleb Smith, um, Jose Urena, not bad, but again, nothing that. I'm crazy about it. and then I look at the lineup and it's it's just it doesn't do much for me. It might be one of the weakest lineups I believe in Major League Baseball this year. A uh, couple guys that I would like to watch just to see how they do. Um, keep an eye on Jonathan VR. I always liked him. Uh, Corey Dickerson, you know, that's two of their outfielders. Um, and since we have the DH, I'm sure Garrett Cooper is going to get a lot more reps, and then they will just kick um, Aguilar to first base. Um, I do think it's going to be a long year for the Marlins, but for you know the teams that don't expect to be good this year, at least it is only 60 games. So how about that? Let's move on to the Central Divisions. Let's go to the AL Central. This is a another interesting division. I just there's a lot of youth coming, man. And the second team I'm going to talk about is one of them. Um, but in first place in this division, I have the Minnesota Twins. Um, they were already a very good team last year. You gotta wonder if they're starting to finally figure it out. You, they gotta get over that hump first, though, uh, where they can start winning some of those playoff games. Uh, the Yankees swept them last year, and I really like the moves they did at the offseason. They went out and got um, they got Rich Hill, Kenta Maeda, no, two Dodgers, and then they got Homer Bailey um, to pair with Jose Barrios, who's probably going to be their ace going forward. Um, this is a team that I think is very scary. You look at the rotation. I, Rich Hill is either 40 or pushing 40, and he's still, you know, throwing good. Kenta Maeda, I, I've liked. And then you got guys like Jake Odorizzi, Homer Bailey, as I already said, to pair. That's a good rotation. And then you had the Twins, who I believe broke the home run record last year, add Josh Donaldson, who was the bringer of rain, I think is what they called him in Atlanta. So that's a lineup that was already nasty, just got even crazier. Um you got Max Kepler, who I think is one of the better leadoff guys in baseball. And then right behind him, you're going to have to go through Nelson Cruz, Jorge Polanco, Josh Donaldson, 
Miguel Sano, however they decide to do their lineups that day. They could they could even throw Byron Buxton at the uh, leadoff spot and then throw Kepler at the nine. I, I just think this is a team that is set up very well. I think they're getting close, and they know it. And that word I was using earlier was chemistry. I think they're going to keep figuring it out. Um, again, let's see the bullpen. Yeah, and they got guys like you know Sergio Romo, uh, Tyler Clippard. Not really sure who's going to close for them just yet. Um, Taylor Rogers, I, I don't know, but uh, it's a decent pen. I don't love it, but I still like the Twins enough based on the strength of their um, their bats and the new additions they made of the arms. I have them as the, uh, the number one team in the AO Central. This was, however, one of the hardest one of the hardest ones I had to make because the next team. I had them penciled as the division champs this year. I changed it last second. Um, so I got the Twins winning the AL Central, but the next team I have coming in second place is the upstart Chicago White Sox. Man, we got to keep an eye on this team. They are going to be good. If not this year, it's coming. Um, and that's the question. I, I, they got a really nice blend of young and old players. Uh, they only had one opt-out, and that's a guy that I really wanted to see too. Michael Kopech opted out. He's... Um, I don't remember exactly what deal it was. I know he was a Red Sox player, and that's who they that's who they got back in their deal. I think that was the Chris Sale deal. Um, but Kopech is a guy that uh, just throws 100-plus. I was really excited to see him. Obviously, any guy that opts out this year, I don't blame at all, but he's a guy that I really wanted to see. I don't know if that hurts him that much, though, because they still got Lucas Giolito, who's awesome. Um, they got Reynaldo Lopez still on the team, and then obviously Dallas Keuchel was their big offseason acquisition. Um, the rotation could be a little bit of a question mark, though, after Giolito and Keiko. Like I said, they have Ronaldo Lopez. He's always been kind of average. Um, and they got Dylan Cease. I feel the same about him. And then they got Gio Gonzalez, who's trying to make a comeback. Um, White Sox were a good team to choose because if there is, you know, they are up and coming. I do believe the Sox are going to be a problem. But if it's if the problem is going to be this year, if they're going to be very good this year, I think, that it relies on uh, they can only go so far as the pitching staff takes them. Their lineup is another one. You know, they got these young, the young kids. It's a nice blend of young and old, like I said. Um, young, old, and medium, like, like all over the place. Obviously, the young kids that everyone is talking about, they have Aloy Jimenez, uh, the wonder kid, and then we're going to see, you know, who a lot of people are saying might be better, and that's Luis Robert. Um, we're going to see both of those guys. And then you got, you know, vets like Jan Moncada, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. And then they signed Edwin Encarnacion. They have Yasmani Grandal. Uh, it's just a team I really like. The question is, you know, with all the, are, are they ready? It's that gel question I asked with the Blue Jays earlier. Are they ready to go, you know, to do that moving forward? I do think they have a better staff than the Blue Jays, which is why I have them, you know, borderline playoff team this year. But, uh, White Sox are an exciting team, man, and I, I, it could be neck and neck with them and the Twins. Um, and the third team I'm talking about, this was a tough one too, the Indians. Um, talking about a team, you know, they've been underperforming also. Like the, This is a weird division. Like the Twins, the, the Indians, ever since 2016, they came so close, and they're still a very good team. You just you, you got to wonder if they're going to underperform or not. Uh, I, again, with COVID, it's going to help. I th take away from uh, what might have been distractions in other departments, like Francisco Lindor, the star shortstop. He, this is a money year for him, because um, I believe he does have a year left on the deal. But 
I don't know if he'll sign at this point. So I think he's playing for either a trade or a big contract. And, you know, usually guys in money deals, that's those are guys to watch when they're playing for that big contract. So, I mean, he was already a star. Um, Jose Ramirez, you got to see which guy is going to show up this year. He's been hot and cold since he's been in that uniform. I really like them adding Franmil Reyes um, to be their probably he'll probably be their everyday DH unless they want to you know throw him in the outfield every now and then. Um, they had they got Cesar Hernandez, um, but the strength of this team I believe is in their pitching rotation. They did lose Corey Kluber, but they were they have Shane Bieber who was. Uh, nice little revelation last year. Mike Clevenger is always a really good pitcher. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, if he's healthy, is always a really good pitcher. And then you fill it out with guys like Zach Plesac and Aaron Savali. Um, I just don't like it as much as I like teams like the Twins and the Sox. Um, they do have a good pen also. They got Brad Hand as their closer, which was they made that deal with the Padres a few years ago. Um, it's a team, like I said, keep your eyes on them. Um I do like the arms a lot. Uh, I will be interested to see what they can do with like the back end of the lineup and uh, like how guys like Lindor perform with uh, the contract situation coming up. Uh, moving on, I have finishing fourth in the division is the Kansas City Royals. Um, I think I think it might be a rough year for them. Um, they had the bright spot last year with Jorge Soler. I don't even remember. It was a lot of homers last year. I don't remember the exact number, but it was it was a lot. You, you're going to see, you're going to wonder, if can, is he going to be able to do that again? They got Whit Merrifield, who's always pretty solid. Um, you know, guys like Alex Gordon, who feels like it's been he's been there for a while. Uh, same with Salvador Perez. You know, you know Michael Franco, I like. It's an okay lineup. Um, big red flag, though, for me is the pitching staff. Um their ace is Danny Duffy as of right now, who has, I don't know how much he has left on the deal, but he's one, another one of it's with baseball. When you sign a big deal and you don't perform, it just, it kind of ends up being that albatross. You have that situation with like the Detroit Tigers and Jordan Zimmerman. Um, that's kind of what Duffy's become for the Royals. I don't think his number was nearly as high, but just that was the example that came in my head. You know, he had a 4.3 ERA last year, 4.8 before that, uh, Slow in 3.8 before that, which is okay, and then a 3.5 in 2016. They're obviously hoping they get that he could turn back the clocks a little bit and give them some of that um, that they're looking for. Other than him, you know, it's a lot of the guys that they've been struggling with in the first place. You got guys like Jake Junis, Glenn Sparkman, um, but they will be turning to guys like um, Brady Singer, who's you know we don't really know too much about yet, obviously. So that's going to be a big indication to see if what kind of team they're going to be. You know, if this is one of those years that they think, oh, I'm looking at right here, Danny Duffy has two years left. So, I mean, that could be a problem, man, unless they're just looking to eat up innings. And at that point, when you're just trying to eat innings and not win ball games, why not just try one of the young kids like Brady Singer? Um, and then you look at the bullpen. Again, two guys that don't, you know, you got Greg Holland, who's trying, to, you know, to get back to his spot. And then speaking of the ultimate guy trying to get back is Trevor Rosenthal, who's the closer for the Cardinals. And, I mean, those are the two guys that are fighting right now for the for the closing job. That's not a good, uh, it's not a good situation. I, you know, I just don't see it being a great year for the Royals. Um, again, though, when you have a young arm like Brady Singer, in a year like this, you know, if, if they don't, you know, I don't know. If they, if they don't think they have anything else, why not throw a Singer out there and see what you got? 
Um, we could end up seeing that anyway with, you know, with more COVID tests. Um, but yeah, I got the Royals in fourth. Um, and then bringing up the rear was the team that just picked number one overall in the MLB draft. Um, they picked Spencer Torkelson, and that would be the Detroit Tigers. He will not be he will not be playing this year in the majors, obviously. And nor will Casey Mize, the number one pick the year before that. I know fans are getting restless. Um, I unfortunately do think it's going to be a long year ahead for them. Um, Miggy Cabrera entering the twilight years again. You talk about those big fat contracts, um, and you can't really do anything because in baseball all the money's guaranteed. So. I mean, just from a statistical standpoint, it'll be fun to watch the Tigers just to see Miggy continue to climb up on the um, uh, hitting records that he's chasing. I like guys like Nico Goodrum, uh, Jonathan Scope. I like Cameron Maben a lot, too. I just don't see a lot to be incredibly optimistic about on this team. Michael Fulmer was, their, um, was the pitcher for a long time, and he still can't get back to that form, but... He was Rookie of the Year back in 2016, and his numbers have just gotten worse every year. Um, don't be surprised to see his name pop up for a trade this year if the Tigers end up being out of it um, before the trade deadline. His name's popped up every year, I feel like, ever since he's been there. Um, and the more and more, closer and closer he gets to free agency, I think the Tigers, especially if he keeps underperforming, they will eventually decide to pull the plug and trade him. I just, you know, obviously they won't get the capital they could have, but that's a name I would, you know, follow if you're watching this year would be a guy like Michael Fulmer. I like Matt Boyd. He's just, he's not elite. He's probably just an average, you know, left-handed pitcher. They got Ivan Nova, um, Spencer Turnbull. Again, these are guys that are probably borderline four, four and a half ERA. It's just not too much to get incredibly excited about. Um, <laughs> fortunately there's no farm baseball to watch this year. So, um, like I said, if I was a Tigers fan, there's certain guys, you know, you want to watch M Miggy Cabrera, see if he can mash, uh, continue to chase those records. Like I said, I like Goodrum. Uh, I like Cameron Maben. I like, you know, old veteran player like Maben who's been on about 10 teams and he's still going. You know, that he, he should provide some exciting play out there. Um, Austin Romine's a decent, you know, he's a good catcher. Um, hitting, he's okay. That's, you know, something to keep an eye on. I just, unfortunately, just don't see a lot of good news for the Detroit Tigers this year. Um, yeah, and bullpen I don't really like either. They got Joe Jimenez, and that's about it, and he, he wasn't very good last year either. But chin up, Tiger fans. It won't always be like that. You got Casey Mize and Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Mize the pitcher, and Torkelson is the first baseman. Uh, so chin up. It won't be too long, hopefully. Let's move on to the NL Central. I feel like I've said it a lot, but this is a fun division too. I'm just, I think I'm just, might be just uh, punch drunk that baseball's back. Um, my number one team in the NL Central is a team that I've enjoyed for a while now, and that's the Cincinnati Reds. Let's talk about them a little bit. I think they're, I don't know if it's because of the market they play in, I think they are very underrated. Um, you look at a guy, it just depends how they decide to go with the lineup. They got three guys that could potentially be their ace. Um, you look at Sonny Gray, who, the Yankees thought very highly of, obviously, when they traded for him from the Athletics a couple years ago. It's just, it's different for some guys, man. The Bronx just did not work out for Sonny Gray, but then he gets shipped out to Cincinnati. Kind of forgotten, unfortunately. It's a shame because I, I like the Reds organization. They're just, they don't get a lot of publicity. Sonny Gray had a 2.87 ERA last year. Compare that to the 4.9 he did when he was in pinstripes. 
I just it, it might be the Zach Greinke thing where some of these guys just uh, not including the Dodger stint for Greinke, but like some of these guys because uh, I know Greinke had the anxiety issues, just pitch better in small markets. And Sonny Gray is a guy that went out to Cincinnati. The Yankees took a loss on him just to get him out of the you know just to move on and cut their losses. And he all he did was go to Cincinnati and be awesome last year. And then they got the other their other kid, um, Luis Castillo. I like a lot. He had a, what is it right here, 3.4 ERA last year, 3.1 in 2017, 4.3 in 2018. Uh, I like him a lot. And then obviously you talked about the guy they just traded for, which is Trevor Bauer. Um, and then you got Anthony DiSclafani, who's been on the team for a minute. And then Wade Miley, another um, veteran they got on the team, who I think is underrated. I liked what he did on that Astros, um, excuse me, on that Astros rotation when he was there. He still, you know, those those lefty starters last for a long time. Um, this is a team that I like a lot. I like the rotation. I think it's under uh, very underrated. Um, lots of pop in the lineup. I mean, you got guys like Joey Votto again. Feel like he's been there forever. Uh, Eugenio Suarez, who I don't maybe it's because of fantasy baseball. He's one of my favorite players. Um, Mike Mustakis, Nick Castellanos. Um, Aristides, forgive me if I'm not saying his name right or wrong. Aristides Aquino. As of right now, I think he actually got sent down, but he's a guy that they're going to keep their eyes on. He strikes out a lot, but he also crushes the baseball. And in a ballpark like Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, which is a home run factory, I don't think that's a guy they're going to keep off the main roster for a long time. Um, that's one of those guys, though. You know, his problem, he, he could be one of those guys who bats 230 every year but hits 40, 50 homers. Uh, so what? I mean, I think the Reds are built right now for a guy like that. Um, and then they signed uh, another <laughs> Shogo Akiyama from Japan. Um, nice outfielder who, by all accounts, projects to be um, a nice addition to the team. He'll probably bat leadoff. This is a team I'd be really excited about right now. The only thing that scares me a little bit with the Reds is the bullpen. Um, it's kind of in limbo. You got guys like Rizal Iglesias and Pedro Strope. Just depending on what, those are the two I think that will be fighting for the closer job. Uh, Rizal Iglesias has shown brilliance. He's also gotten shelled. Um, so depending on what they can get figured out with those two guys, um, this could be a very dangerous team. I mean, again, I wrote for the NL Central. The top floor, four teams in this division were very close for me. Um, I took my shot with the Reds, though, because this is a team that I've quietly followed for a minute as they've um, built that team up. Some underrated signings, like I said, the Sonny Gray trade, uh, Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakas. I feel like those were all under-the-radar moves that just didn't get talked about very often. I mean, they have Freddie, Gal uh, excuse me, Freddie Galvis on the team as well. Um, this is a team that I, I like a lot, man, and I have them winning the NL Central this year. Um, second, Finishing second in the NL Central this year, I have – sorry, Cubs fan, it's, it's not y'all right now. I have the St. Louis Cardinals finishing in second this year. Uh, really good lineup again. Uh, they made their big move. To get Paul Goldschmidt, they got guys like in-house guys like Paul DeYoung, uh, Yadi Molina, Colton Wong, and then they got the guys that have, you know, I, I look again. This is the lineup I look at. It's it's scary. Almost one through nine: Dexter Fowler, Tyler O'Neill, uh, Harrison Bader. Uh, like it a lot. They did get some bad news with the COVID opt-outs. They did lose their closer, um, Jordan Hicks, uh, the flamethrower. Uh, flamethrowing righty has decided to not not play this year. So that could be something they're going to have to keep their eyes on. 
Um, well, let's talk about the rotation first. They got Jack Flaherty, uh, beast in the making. Um, Dakota Hudson, another young pitcher who has shown promising signs. Those are probably going to be the t- the one-two punch guys. And then you got another Cardinal who seems like he's been there forever. Uh, Adam Wainwright, um, Carlos Martinez. Depending on what they the bullpen situation is, Carlos Martinez might get slid out of the rotation spot and take a bullpen spot because that's how he started. That's how he broke into the the big leagues anyway. So if they decide they don't know who the bullpen guy is going to be, don't be surprised to see Carlos Martinez slide in there. Um, for now, though, I believe they'll keep him in the rotation. Um, and then getting to the bullpen, since you have that that question mark um, with Jordan Hicks, uh, Andrew Miller, I think, might be the guy they decide to close. They gave him the nice deal. Um, he's always been a reliable lefty coming out of the bullpen. He's had, you know, he had, I feel like another guy that's had stints with good stints with a lot of teams. He had good stints with the Marlins, the Yankees, the um, Indians, and now he's done good with the, I, I think he will do good, that is to say, with the cards. Um, he's usually an inning-eating guy. Like, they were using him as a two-inning guy. As he's getting older, I and especially with the Jordan Hicks news, don't be surprised to see him be the closer. I think it'll either be him or Carlos Martinez. Um, but, yeah, like I said, uh, Cardinals, scary team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them get number one, but it's my show. I got the Reds number one right now in the NL Central. Moving on, I got the Cubs finishing third in the NL Central this year, and I thought it was going to be hard to do this baseball show on short notice. I'm already 45 minutes in. Uh, I got the Cubs finishing third. They got a good lineup. Uh, Chris Bryant, you know, former MVP. Anthony Rizzo, um, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber, uh, Jason Hayward, whichever Hayward you're going to get. I like him. I like the young guy. is uh, like Almora, Ian Happ. Uh, they got Jason Kipnis on the roster now. Again, like it. I don't like it as much as I like the Cardinals rotation, or I'm sorry, the Cardinals lineup. And I don't think that their um, pitching is as good, which is why I have them behind the Cardinals as of now. Um, John Lester is getting up there. Let me see what his how he did last year. I don't feel like his stats were great. But yeah, four 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 six last year. Um, not great. It was a, he had a three point three in 2018, which if you can get that out of him, that's great. But that's the guy you're talking about is your potential ace. So a lot of that rides on him. Guys like you, Darvish, who's been around for a while. Um, uh, they could even turn to Kyle Hendricks. I mean, like I said, there's just not much that I love when I look at their startles, starters. Um, that's with all due respect. You know, Darvish and Lester have both proven it before, so they could easily just come, you know, and throw it this year. But based on recent history, it's just I don't love it the way I love, you know, the rotation of the first two teams I mentioned. Um, and the bullpen, that could be an issue. Um they gave Craig Kimbrell the bag last year, and he he struggled. And you got to wonder, you know, if if they get the guy this year that they expected when they signed last year, that shores up a big problem they had. They were trying to fill that hole when they ever since they lost um, um, Wade Davis. Um, and then you look at who else is in that um, the the um, bullpen. Excuse me, uh, guys like Jeremy Jeffress, uh, Rowan Wake. It's just. It doesn't inspire a lot in me as of right now, so I think a lot of it is going to ride on Kimbrell um, to see what's going to happen with the bullpen because I do think they're going to get some runs, but I don't think the starting pitching is going to be particularly great, and I don't, outside of Kimbrell, provided he has a good year, I don't see that happening with the bullpen either. So 
Um, borderline wildcard team is how I see the Cubs right now, which I know my friends are going to love, but that's just, that's just how I see it right now. Um, and, yeah, same team. Next team I got next is, has kind of the same problem as the Cubs, and that would be the Milwaukee Brewers I have at fourth in the NL Central. Um, obviously, they got Yelly. Christian Yelich, one of the better players in baseball. Unfortunately, again, the two teams he's played for, I do appreciate that he has been rewarded with an MVP award, though. I do like when these guys, I mean, I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. I do like when these guys that play for the smaller markets get recognized for being the beasts that they are, and that is what Christian Yelich is. Um, unfortunately, they don't have too much around him right now. Uh, I, I've always, again, it could be a fantasy baseball thing, I don't know, but I've always really liked Lorenzo Cain. Um, I like the two of them as a one-two punch with the DH this year in the NL. That's probably going to be how Ryan Braun gets his at bats in. Um, a young guy I really like a lot is Keston Hira, their second baseman. Keston Hira, that's a guy, you know, keep your eyes on him. Um, and then you got some older, you know, guys trying to make their mark like Justin Smoke and Avisail Garcia, uh, Orlando Arcia. I, get, I just, I don't love that lineup very much. And then, that's before I even get to the starting pitching, which I think is uh, probably going to be a weakness for this team. Uh, they have Brandon Woodruff, who I like uh, a lot, actually. He's had a about a three-and-a-half ERA the last two years. Um, decent. It's not what you want as your front-end guy, and that's but that's all they got, unfortunately, right now. Um, let's see while I look. Yeah, I mean, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Adrian Hauser. As I was doing my research for this, just not a lot of those guys uh, stood out. But what's been a weakness for some of the teams I've talked about is one going to be the big, a big strength for the Brewers um, this season if they can, you know, get a couple run lead going into the end of the game. And that's the bullpen. Uh, outside of the Yankees, the Brewers might have the best bullpen in baseball um, with Josh Hader, who's just filthy, uh, Corey Nebel. Uh, Brett Suter, or Brent Suter, excuse me, um, and then, hold on, I believe there was a name I left out also, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, starting pitching is also Adrian Hauser is a, a young pitcher to watch for the Brewers, has nice stats, but a small sample size, so, again, it's not too much to be confident about in the starting rotation as now, but that was a little digression, Go, moving to their bullpen, though, like I said, Suter, Hader and Nebel are three guys, you know, and then, uh, yeah, three guys to really keep an eye on um, on that bullpen. If, if you are a Brewers fan, I think that's that's the strength right now, obviously outside of guys like Christian Yelich, but um, if you can get some quality starts out of your pitchers this year, and that's the really big if, then at least you have the confidence of handing the game to a really capable bullpen Um but I think, as I discussed, that's going to be the question mark is getting you, – you got to get to the seventh inning first. And I don't have a lot of big faith in those in the starting rotation to do that as of now. Um, moving on, we got the Pittsburgh Pirates in fifth this year. Um, could be a long year for them. We were talking about that, that Tampa Bay Rays trade. Um, I, I, that might be one of the more lopsided trades in recent history in baseball. Um not only because of what they gave up, uh, giving up um, Morton and Austin Meadows, um, the guy they got isn't even going to play this year, and his career might be in jeopardy, and that's Chris Archer. So whatever hope the Pirates did have this year, 
are in even bigger trouble because they don't have Chris Archer, who was brought in to be the guy. And even, unfortunately, even when he was healthy, he just wasn't, you know, wasn't showing much. And again, that could be because of the, I think it was an, a neurological problem. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but something, something serious, which means, you know, depending on um, rehab, you know, you don't even know if that's going to be, you know, what he's going to be like when he's ready to pitch next year. Um, and then, you know, with the COVID opt-outs, they lost Hector Noessi, who would have been definitely been a starting pitcher in their rotation this year. Um, again, like I was saying with these teams that, uh, on paper don't look very good. You have your ups, you know, you have your, your shining spots to look at. And that's, you know, if you're a Pirates fan, you already know who I'm going to say, but if you don't know much about him, it's Josh Bell, their first baseman. That's going to be, you know, a guy to keep an eye on. Um, really like him. Um, I like Jared Dyson. Um, I like Colin Moran. There's just not a lot of meat that I do like on this, um, as far as bats go. Unfortunately, I, I'm not crazy. I don't like the rotation very much. You know, um, Joe Musgrove will probably be the starter this year. Um, I don't know too much about their farm system, but again, if this, it's going to be tough though because it's only 60 games. These teams, because you can afford to start. You know, I, I don't know because there's only 60 games. They're gonna. It's going to be a sprint, not a marathon like we're used to. So. That's going to be interesting for teams that are projected to be at the bottom, like the Pirates. Like, if they do end up starting like 0 and 10 or like 5 and 15, if they just try and you know throw some farm guys out there just to see what they got for next year, or if they're like, look, all we got to do is get hot for 20 games and we're good, and they just stick with them. That's going to be something to keep an eye on for you know a team for these teams that are. Uh, that we think are going to be basement dwelling. And that, you know, that goes with the Pirates this year. And, you know, I don't like the bullpen at all either. So that's where I got right now. I got the Pirates finishing fifth. Let's move on to the West Coast. Let's do the American League. And the team I have coming in first place in the American League. It's closer than you think, but I still went with the Astros. Um... We were talking about how this uh, no fans in the stands are going to affect these teams. I think the Astros, it's really going to help. I know people always say these players are trained. They don't hear the crowd. They do. Trust me. They hear the crowd. And it was definitely going to be in their head this year. Um, they still might get pitched at, obviously, today. You know, Altuve, and I don't remember who the second one was, these, they're, they're going to be thrown at this year. But they're not going to be harassed by all the fans. Um, sports fans never forget, so they're going to just – I mean, it's not like they're just going to get away with not getting heckled. They're just going to get the hell heckled out of them next year. But this year, they're not going to have to worry about it, man. Um, so I think playing with no crowds is definitely going to help that. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to have that hanging over their heads. Like I said, other than getting thrown out every now and then by a pitcher, this is still the Houston Astros, man. And that's kind of what I think people, I don't know. I just don't feel like people are giving this team the credit they deserve. Uh, they did lose Garrett Cole to the Yankees. Um but they still have Zach Ranke and Justin Verlander. I know both those guys are getting older, but again, with a short season, that's not that's not a big deal to me. Um, the back end of the rotation could be an issue. Um, you, they got Lance McCullers to pitch. You know, he'll be the third guy. I'm just assuming. But then you got who's 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 four, five, and six. I mean, I'm looking or four and five. I mean, just assuming they don't do a six-man rotation. Uh, Framber Valdez, Joshua James. Austin Pruitt, I, I don't know out of that. I, I'm not sure who's going to be um, the fourth and fifth guy. Um, and this, you know, that could be a, a 
strategical thing. I, I wonder what some of these teams are going to do since it's a shorter season. I wonder if the Astros, I doubt they will. That's something, a three-man rotation I don't think they would uh, give credence to until the playoffs. Uh, I don't think that's something they would want to do the regular season with. Um, they might, though, try and only go for a four-man rotation just to see what they can see what they have. Uh, they got the young gun, or young uh, hurler, Forrest Whitley. They could give him a chance this year uh, just to see what they got after Granke, Verlander, and McCullers. But, you know, that's one of the few weaknesses I see on this team. Other than that, man, that lineup, I mean, these are names that we've all – any even any casual baseball fan knows almost all these names. And even, like, like even guys that could potentially hit later in the lineup, like Josh Reddick, Yuli Gurriel, uh, depending – I mean, even Carlos Correa could hit anywhere from three to seven on this lineup. Like, that's how potent they are. And then, obviously, the names everyone knows, like Bregman, Altuve, and Springer. Um, by the way, if I was taking a prop bet on the first guy to be hit, I know um, Altuve or Springer usually lead off, but I would just, if I had to throw some throw a dart, I would say Bregman. If if Altuve and Springer don't get hit first on their first go-around as the season starts, I think I think uh, Bregman's definitely get beamed. But, I mean, Michael Brantley, this is a, this is a great lineup. Um, it's like I said, it's still the Astros, man. Um, I like the, let's see, uh, I like the pen a lot still too. Uh, a lot of guys that don't get credit like Biagini, Roberto Osuna. I mean, he had that off the field stuff, but I still like him a lot. Ryan Presley, uh, this is a team that, you know, like I said, they're still the freaking, they're the Astros, man. The only, it's that back end of the rotation, uh, but again, where, like I said, in most years, that could be a problem. Uh, 60-game season, that might not be that big of a problem. So, got the Astros finishing first in the AL West this year. Uh, second place, I have another team that doesn't get enough credit. The Oakland Athletics uh, quietly have a very nice lineup. Um, uh, more power than average, I've noticed when I was doing my research on that. A lot of guys, that they don't really have a lot of guys like over 280 on that lineup. It's a lot of... A lot of um, Especially for a park like that, that's not not a great hitter's park, as far as I remember. That could be a problem, but it's a it's mostly all power on that lineup. You got guys like Marcus Semyon, uh, let's see, Matt Olson, Matt Olson, excuse me, Chris Davis, not not Orioles, Chris Davis. There, there's a masher on the West Coast too, Chris with the KH, and then you know the star of the team, Matt Chapman. These are all guys that you know going to be hitting their fair share of homers. Um, Where's my notes? Yeah, uh, more power than average. I don't mind that, though. You know, based on last year, this is still a very good team. Um, so they got some young names in the pitching rotation, which could be a bit of an issue. Some names to keep an eye on would be A.J. Puck and Jesus Lazardo, two really young names that could end up being pieces for this team for the future. Um, see how they are this year. Um just depends on how much time the team's willing to give them. They still have guys like Sean Manea. Uh They brought in Mike Fires, who's, who's speaking of the Astros. He plays for the A's now. Um, that is, um, what did I got? Yeah, and then Frankie Montes. I forgot about him, too. These are some good pitchers, man. Like I said, if these two young bucks, uh, A.J. Puck and Jesus Lazardo, um, can produce this year, man, as young, young kids, this is a scary team. And then... Um, the reason I have them above the third, the next team I want to talk about is because 
I think the A's have a really good bullpen. You got Liam Hendricks, who has just been awesome. Um, man, my handwriting is not good on this one. Yusumero Petit, and then the seemingly ageless Joaquin Soria. Uh, Joaquin Soria is probably going to be their seventh inning guy, and at his age, he could probably still close or be the setup guy for a lot of uh, good teams in the majors. So uh, it's a good problem to have for the A's, and that's why I have them holding the two spot right now over the team that I have finishing third in the AL West, and that would be the Angels. Um, This is a big year for a couple high-profile names on that team this year. Uh, Obviously, the best player in baseball plays for the Angels. That's Mr. Mike Trout. Um, I think we already know what we're going to get out of him this year. You know, best player in baseball kind of speaks for itself. uh, But we're going to see if this is the year where he can finally – get them into the, you know, get them past that hump and past uh, the first round of the playoffs. Um, And they got him some help, man. They got Anthony Rendon, gave him the big deal from the Nats last year. He'll probably be hitting either right behind Trout. If I had to guess, he's probably protection for Trout. Um, I was talking about Miguel Cabrera, um, seeing, watching him hit some numbers this year. That's the same with Albert Pujols. It's just more interesting with the Angels because I think the Angels are obviously a better team than the Tigers. Uh, Pujols is a name to keep an eye on, too, see what they do with him in the lineup. Um, I li- I've always liked Andrelton Simmons. He's more of a glove than a bat, but he's, he's, you know what, that's not really fair. He's a better glove, but he's also a very good hitter. He's just he's a great uh, fielding shortstop. And then... Uh, Justin Upton, obviously, but back to Rendon, man, a lot of it's going to come down to him, what he can do. Uh, health, I think, is going to be very big for them. Um, just to see, you know, with with a lot of those guys we said, Rendon was brought in to be that big um, protection in the lineup. Um, I mean, not that Trout necessarily needs it, but I think the team needs it a lot too. So I would keep an eye out on that situation. And then there's Shohei Otani, while we're talking about injuries. Having him back is obviously huge for the Angels. As I'm talking about their their hitting, though, I don't, whoa, (laughs) as my foot almost goes through my desk. Oh, man, it's all good. Um, I think his pitching, uh, Shohei Otani's pitching, is going to be much more important to this team than his hitting, though. Uh, as I talked, I think the Angels are covered with the with the hitting. I think they're going to be okay. Again, you know, as long as Pujols can stay healthy, Rendon and guys like that, and they can get some kind, as long as they can get some kind of output from their uh, back end guys like Simmons and Jason Castro. Um, I think Otani, if it was me, I, I the pitching is where I'm going to need him to show up because I look at the lineup and I'm I'm not crazy about it. Uh, Andrew Heaney, I do like. He's been kind of Kind of hot and cold. He's their, you know, he's their big lefty. Wasn't very great last year. 4.91. Year before that was borderline four. Uh, not, not great. And then before that, it was even worse. Um, that's the guy, you know, that's projected to be one of their top end guys. And then they brought Dylan Bundy in from the Orioles, who was, I can't remember if he was the first overall pick years ago or if he was top five. Either way, he was, you know, the Orioles guy for a while, and the the Angels brought him in. You got guys like Matt, Matt Andrees, Jaime Barea. I don't love much of that. You need a guy that's going to solidify the pitching rotation, and I think that's Otani. Um, and same, again, with the pitching. You have um, the bullpen. That could be an issue going forward. Um, where do I go? Yeah, Hanzo, Hanzo Robles was decent, closer, but um, 
nothing that I, I love. Again, let me uh, pull it back up here. That's why, I have, like I said, I have the Angels a little bit higher than, um, or I have the Athletics a little bit higher than the Angels right now because I do think there's that question mark in the pitching rotation and especially in the um, bullpen. Yeah, Hansel Robles will probably be the closer. Mm-hmm. Ty Buttry, Camber Drosian. Um, I don't love a lot of that. Um, they do still have the chance to back in their way, though, if they don't win the division, uh, get in as a wild card team. And that's kind of how I see the Angels at right now. Um, but I gave the leg up to the A's at this point. Moving forward, the fourth team I have is the Rangers. And that's one of the teams I feel really bad for this year because they have that brand new uh, Globe Life, I think is what it's called. They were supposed to be, that's going to be really weird in the history books too. Their, first, their brand new stadium, the first ever game is going to end up being played with no fans. Um, but on the field, you're going to be talking about, uh, I don't expect a lot of great things from the Rangers this year, but you know, I the rotation's interesting. you got Corey Kluber obviously in the rotation now who, was a beast for a long time with the Indians. You you got to wonder if the miles are starting to add up on his arm or not. We'll see what we get, but the, the rotation's really interesting because it's just all a bunch of vets, uh, one through five. I already said Corey Kluber, and then you got Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, uh, Kyle Gibson, and Jordan Lyles. These are all guys that were just around, just feel like they've all been around in the league for a while. That could be pretty good cohesion for the clubhouse. Um, but then I look at the... I look at the bullpen, which I don't like. So if these you know, these these vets that are getting you know uh, nearing the end of their careers, they're going to be handing the game off to bullpens that I'm not not a big fan of. Uh, Leclerc had a 4.33 last year, and he was the closer. Um, they did sign Jolie Rodriguez, who went to Japan to restart his career. Had two really good years, but trying to avoid the origin you know his original pitfalls here. Um, that'll be a problem, man, because you got you know you have that rotation that might already be shaky, um, and then they'll hand it to a bullpen that might not you know that I hasn't given me any confidence. And then you look at the lineup, producing runs could be a little bit of an issue. I know they got the home run guy in Joey Gallo, um, but in front of him, other than like Shin Su Chu, uh, I don't see a lot to love. I mean, Elvis Andrews is still that's another guy. You talk about guys that have been in the league for a while. He's been with them for a minute. I just don't see a lot that I love uh, as far as run support for this Rangers team. I like Ronit Odor a lot, too. I mean, not just because of the um, uh, Jose Bautista fight a couple years ago. I think he's a very underrated second baseman. Um, but the Rangers, I think, are going to have a hard time producing runs, so I think a lot of it's going to come down to how much um, they can get out of that veteran rotation they got. And moving on. Uh, finishing fifth in the West this year, I have the Mariners. Um, another one, it's gonna a lot's gonna depend on some of the pitching decisions they've made, I believe, because um, I, I I'll get to it in a second. I I really don't like their lineup. I think well, I'll talk about it right now. Actually, I, it's one of the weaker lineups I think in Major League Baseball. I do like Kyle Seager a lot, their third baseman, but I I think I like Dan Vogelbach, who's probably gonna uh, DH and then play some outfield I'm sure um again it could be the fantasy thing fantasy baseball I really like Malik Smith but he just doesn't he doesn't hit for much average he's just a a really good glove and he's a speed demon when he gets on the bases um other than that there's not too much I really like uh as of right now again this is just for this year because I don't know the farm systems that well 
on a lot of these teams, but I just don't like much out of this lineup. Um, so they're going to need to get the runs they can, but they're going to need their pitching to pick up some of the slack, and I don't know if they're game for it. Um, the big signing last year was the Japanese import, Yoshi Kikuchi. He did not pitch very well last year. Let me pull it up. He, yeah, ended up with a 5.46, kind of all over the place. Um, but again, it was his first year in the States, so that's a guy to really look for a bounce back year. But the the top two guys that I would look for on their lineup or in their rotation this year will be Marco Gonzalez and then Taiwan Walker. I do like Taiwan Walker a lot. Um, he was uh, he played for the Diamondbacks. Uh, losing my mind who he played for before that. I want to say Diamondbacks and I don't remember. I know he wore number ninety nine. Um, <laughs> he uh, I mean this is a guy past two years other than last year because he didn't play. Uh, three and a half ERA guy, you know, there's not, you know, that's not too shabby. That's a guy I would keep my eye on. Uh, Justice Sheffield, the young lefty that they got from the Yankees trade. He was part of the James Paxton trade, I believe. That's a guy to keep your eye on. Um, uh, bullpen, I don't like. Uh, again, the Mariners, I just, I feel like other than those few names I said, it could be a long year for them. Um, but, you know, with the pitching, you keep your eye on some of those young guys, though, and they could have that that young duo of Marco Gonzalez and Justice Sheffield. And then if you can get a resurgence out of Taiwan Walker and then get what you paid for with Kikuchi, you, you could have something, man. Um, I just don't see much of it this year, unfortunately. Now let's move to the NL West. I didn't expect to go this long. I know you don't want to hear me talk this long. Finishing it up, though. With the NL West... Uh, this was probably the easiest division to, well, at least the easiest division for the top team. Uh, it's the Dodgers. Um, and funny, because I'm, as I'm recording today, Mookie Betts just signed the deal to stay. Um, and again, uh, and so what we got for lineups that scare, scare me one through nine, it's probably the Braves, the Yankees. Um, if I named one of uh, the Astros and then the Dodgers, man. This is a lineup all over the place that's just designed to just keep cranking it out. I mean, Mookie Betts, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, A.J. Pollock, Jock Peterson, Will Smith, uh, who Gavin Lux, I believe, is the young kid that will be playing this year. Uh, and, again, there is pitchers aren't hitting this year. That's only going to help teams that are already loaded like the Dodgers. Um, and they're going to be able to throw out, you know, guys like Chris Taylor – to just DH for a day or something like that. They're just they're going to be filthy. Uh, they did lose David Price. He opted out. Um, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I mean, I think Price came to the Dodgers as more of a salary dump in that deal anyway. I'm not saying he's not still not a he's not an elite pitcher anymore, but he's not as bad as a lot of people want to give him crap for. Um, it hurts, but it's I don't think it's that big of a deal that he won't be playing. Um, the rotation is I mean it was already so good with Clayton Kershaw. Um, Alex Wood, Stripling, Ross Stripling, and then you got you add Walker Bueller, who already looks like he's going to be the next ace, and the current ace still has plenty of good baseball left in him. I mean, this is a team that just looks pretty loaded. Um, I'm interested to see what they do with Mookie. Um, uh, let me see. Like, where they're going to put him if they decide to use his speed tool to lead off the games, or if they're going to try and... I don't know, though. I don't see why you take Bellinger out of that three spot. 
or force, and then you have Justin Turner or Muncy to bat. I see this is just an embarrassment of riches with the team like the Dodgers. So Mookie probably will lead off just because they already have that three or four spot covered, and why not just use Mookie's speed to his advantage? Um, the one Achilles heel that I do see for this team, for the Dodgers, that could be their undoing, could be the bullpen. Um, Kenley Jansen has long been a really good closer in Major League Baseball. He was not great last year um, by his standards, and you know he set his own standards because he was so good for a while. Um, if he can bounce back and and you know be the closer, then I mean they could just cruise. I mean, 50 and 10 might not be out of the equation with this team. Um, but other than him, though, you got you know Joe Kelly. They gave the big deal to last year, and he was not very good either. And then you're relying on guys like Pedro Baez, Blake Trinan, um, you know, guys that have the name but, you know, haven't been what they were. And that's how – Ken. I think that starts and ends with Kenley Jansen. If he can get back to that guy that had the uh, – just that, that off-speed stuff that was just filthy um, and the splitter, I believe, too. Kenley – I think it was the splitter that he throws. It's just absolutely devastating – then, yeah, if you get that bullpen short up early, then this is a scary team. Um, so, yeah, the Dodgers, that was the easy, probably the easiest um, division winner I had to pick. Uh, the next two teams, though, the two and three were tough, and I changed it last, last uh, second. I have the Padres finishing second this year um, in the NL West. And like the White Sox, they also have, you know, and the, the Blue Jays, they have a young stud on their team, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, that's the guy, you know, that I think we're all going to be paying attention to, or that's who I'd pay attention to. I do like the core of hitters they have, though, on the team that they're building right now. They got the core of Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, Tommy Pham, who I think is very underrated, who they, they acquired, um, and Eric Hosmer, another guy who, because he played for the um, the Royals, right? Now he's uh, now he's with the Padres. It's just two small market teams, so I just don't think he's you know he's getting the publicity he deserves. That's a nice core of young hitters that I see on that team, and they got um, a burgeoning ace in Chris Paddock. Unfortunately, well, yeah, I already touched enough on the hitting. There's plenty to like about the hitting. Uh, one more thing though, they do play in Petco Park which is one of the hardest-hitting parks in baseball. So that is kind of um, unfortunate that your team right now, as of just 2020, is built on some nice hitters. And then Will Myers, who I forgot too, some nice pop in the lineup. But, you know, it is a it is a um, pitcher's park. And right now the one good pitcher they do have is Chris Paddock, who looks like an ace in the making. Um, after him, though, there's not too much I love. I, Joey Lucchesi shown some signs that I like. Um he, he might get thrown into that second spot. Uh, guys like Zach Davies or Garrett Richards could get thrown in or um, LeMay. I just, after Chris Paddock, there's not much that I like, and yet I still had to put them number two um, in the NL West because of their bullpen, which I like a lot, um, a lot more than the Diamondbacks, who I have coming up next. But the bullpen for the Padres, again, I said the Yankees were one. If the Bre- no, the Bre- the Brewers, if I said were two, then I might have misspoke because I I would take the Padres bullpen before them. I really like the Padres bullpen with Kirby Yates, Emilio Pagan, and Craig Stammen. I mean that is a that is a one two three um, a nice uh, combination there. 
again, I don't remember what team it was I was talking about already. It might have been the Brewers. The problem is going to be handing the game off to that bullpen. Um, that could be one of the big issues for the Padres. I do like I do like them to score some runs this year. Um, but like I said, outside of Paddock, they could have a little bit of an issue um, holding those leads down if it ends up being a one- or two-run game. Once they get to the bullpen, I think they're fine because the bullpen rules. But um, that's how I see it going for the Padres this year. Uh, two teams left. We got this 30-team smorgasbord going, guys. Just so happy to be talking about sports again. I hope it's been going good for you guys as well. Happy to be podcasting again, too. Um, anyone that's listening that remembers this as the uh, Pro Football Draft Junkie podcast, actually, change the format up. We're going to be called the Jimmy P podcast now because I'm just going to be doing all sports, man. That's what I love. I love the draft, and I'm always going to talk about it, but I wanted to be able to talk about other stuff, too. Um, that's what I decided to do. So if you're some of the old listeners and get the notification for this show, Stick around, man. We're still going to be talking about the NFL. We're, we're just going to be talking about everything else now because that's what I wanted to do. I might even throw some movie talk every now and then on some of this. That's what I love about podcasting. It's just it's great to be back, man, and in these crazy times right now, um, even with the fear of what's going to happen with this baseball season, just the fact that I'm sitting here talking about baseball, knowing that I'll be watching my team play tomorrow night, it's, it's awesome, man. You can't beat it. So... I'm really glad to be back, and anyone who's listened to this, I know I went a little longer tonight than I plan on going in the future. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of learning as I go along. Maybe this is how long I will go with every show. Who knows? I just, yeah, it's really nice knowing that we're going to have some sports and hopefully get some normalcy back going forward, man. Um, tangent over. So, yeah, that's right. So now I'm on the fourth team in the NL West, and that I got the Colorado Rockies. Interesting team. Um, let's see. John Gray, that's who I will start with because he finally put it together better last year than he has. He's been their pitcher that they've been expected to be their ace, and he just, you know, he struggled his first two years, did decent in 2017, um, not so good in 18, and then, you know, decent last year. I mean, of course, field, man, that is tough to be an ace pitcher. So a 3.84 was not bad. And for a guy that they've, you know, been waiting to come around, um, that's the guy to build on, I believe, for the Rockies this year. Unfortunately, behind him, I just don't see a lot that I love. Um, I like Herman, Mas Mar Oof, sorry. Herman Marquez. Um, again, he's a career, you know, his career array, though, does hover in the high fours. And again, it's it's tough. You know, can you... you I'm, I'm going to buy the course field thing to an extent, but, you know, sometimes you got to call a spade a spade. And I just, I do not love this, um, this Rockies, uh, rotation. Um, Kyle Freeland, I like also. And then you got guys like Antonio Sensatella and Jeff Hoffman, who I will be honest, I don't know much about either one of those fellows. Maybe it's because I play on the East coast, live on the East coast and don't get to watch too much West coast baseball. But, um, you know, the fact that, your your ace pitcher is going to be a guy who usually hovers around the four to mid fours. I don't care if you play in Denver. That's just that's not great, um, and I don't really like it. And I think it reflects. That's why I have them finishing fourth. Um, the bullpen I don't really like either. They spent all that money on Wade Davis, who has been a a bad return on investment, given them a bad return on investment so far. Um, Got to see what they're going to get out of him. 
But I mean, I, there's a lot to like in the lineup, though. Uh, the front end of the lineup, that is. I don't, I don't love the back end, but the front end, you got uh, David Dahl, Trevor Story, Charlie, Charlie Blackman, and you know their best player, Nolan Arenado. Um, that'll be something interesting too. In the time of COVID, I don't know how many trades we're going to see at the deadline because Arenado might have been one of those guys in a normal world, like if we had a normal baseball season, that would have been traded because it's it's been pretty public about his. Um, stance he's he's uh not happy there anymore it seems like and he just signed that big deal too so he's locked in one of the premier players in not just third base in baseball is already locked into a long-term deal so again i don't think they'll move him because of covid but that would have been an interesting game of chicken to watch this year if it was a regular season because you have you already have him locked up for all those I don't know. I what do they have? I think they have them off the top of my head. Maybe four years left. So maybe it's not as long as I thought. But I mean, just depending on you know, I don't know what's going on in that organization. If they can mend it with him, then great. They can build, uh, you know, continue to build that nice, you know, platoon of hitting they have out there. If not, that could be a potential name, uh, a big trade if they decide to move him. And if they do move him, I think it'll be at the end of the season, and it'll probably be for some pitching because, you know, on paper, that's the weakness I see for the Rockies. And moving on to the last team, as we start this new decade, ironically, is the team that was the team of the last decade. That's the San Francisco Giants. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough year for them this year. They lost Buster Posey. He opted out. Um, he opted out uh, because of COVID. I don't blame him. I think he has uh, kids on the way. I think that's why a lot of these guys who have opted out have chosen to do it. Um, he's one of those guys, too. He's still a good player. He's not what he was, though, and he's got a lot of those years left on his deal. Um, Rob Brantley will take over the catcher position. Unfortunately, I just don't think it's – yeah, like Posey, it, losing him in the grand scheme of things doesn't hurt them that much this year just because I, I look at the lineup and there's not much I like. Um, I like Mike Yastrzemski. I do think he's going to be um, – Wow, he's older than I thought he was. Though. I was going to say he's a nice nice uh, newcomer, but he's 29, which I I guess didn't realize that. But he's still acclimating to the big leagues. Um, that's one I watch. I mean, Brandon Crawford, another guy I feel like has been there for a, a while. Always watch him. Um, for me, it's going to come down to two of their pitchers, though, the two big pitchers on the team. And that's that's as far as the Giants will go, I think, is as far as Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja they can only go as far as those two guys will take them, I think. Samarja, I believe, was decent last year, but, he, you know, he's, I believe he's 35, and then Cueto obviously came over, has had injury problems and bad ERA since they gave him that big deal. Um, with the Giants, man, I think, yeah, I think they're in for a long year, but um, I think the big story with them is, is well, it's either going to be, you know, what do they do with the young guys like uh, Yastrzemski, or um, Solano, or the other story is going to be, you know, Cueto and Samarja, what do these guys have left, um, and what can they do? And that's how I, yeah, and the bullpen, I almost forgot. They lost uh, their, bo their two best bullpen arms. They traded Mark Melanson to the Braves last year. Oh, and then I forgot to bring up Will Smith for the Braves. That's going to, that's, you know what, that's probably going to be their closer to amend any Braves fans, if any of them were shaking their hands when I was talking about the closer, it'll probably be Will Smith. Uh, yeah, I forgot they gave him like a 50 million deal. Yeah, so the that's another problem for the Giants, you know. 
they they lost their two best bullpen arms last year, so I think it's going to be a long year for them. All right, wrapping it up, let's go to my playoff picks real quick. Uh, so five teams from each league make the playoffs, top five, so the three division winners, and then two wild cards. Okay, so for the AL wild card, I have the one seed being the Rays, the two seed being the Athletics. I have the Rays beating the Athletics to move on to face the Yankees. Um, and I I think it's close, but I have the Yankees beating the Rays in the first round. On the other side of the bracket, I have the Astros, obviously winning their division, meeting the Athletics. And I have the Astros beating the Athletics. And then that's when we got a rematch for, um, for a few, yeah, from last year as well, uh, and 2017. We got the Yankees playing the Astros. Um, I really want to pick this just because it would make sense for this to be the year that the Yankees finally get over that hump. I don't see it yet. Um, and until I see it, I'm going to go with the team that I trust that's been there. And I got the Astros winning the AL pennant, which will kind of break in my role with the NL. But, I mean, these are my picks. <laughs> well, no, because the Dodgers haven't proven it yet either. So moving to the NL, for the wild card, I have the Nationals and the Cardinals as the two wild card teams. I have the Nationals beating the Cardinals in the wild card to put them in a date with the Dodgers. I do think the Dodgers get it done this year in their series with them. I have the Dodgers beating the Nats to move on. And then I have the Braves playing the Reds, um, which is two teams that I feel like are pretty similar. I just think the Braves are more ready. Uh, I got the Braves beating the Reds. So Braves, Dodgers, ALCS, or NLCS, and this is where I threw my big curveball. I have the Braves taking out the Dodgers because until the Dodgers prove to me that they can do it, uh, I don't know if they can yet, and I know the Braves haven't done it either yet, but in this situation, neither team has, and I'm going to take the team that I think um, is going to do it. That's my dart throw. I got the Braves beating the Dodgers to win the NL pennant to then play the Astros, the Astros and the Braves for the World Series this year. I It would just make sense after all the crap. The, the Astros, I have the Astros winning the World Series this year. Um, that's just my dart throw. It would just make too much sense after all the the crap that they went through this year, um, just because it would just, all the people it would piss off. Um, and that's how I have the season going. I got the Astros, which would be a weird sight, lifting the World Series trophy to <laughs> nobody in the stands. Um, and that's it, guys. I didn't, wow, I almost went an hour and a half with this one, and I was worried about going 40 minutes. I, I hope you all enjoyed it, man, and if, if anyone... Uh, has any questions they ever want to ask jimmy p podcast is the name of my facebook page and that's all i have so far i don't have the email set up i don't know if enough i want to use email for now but uh i always want interaction i just don't like doing the email for it find us on um uh yeah jimmy p podcast is the easiest way to find it on facebook um just give me any recommendations you would have for shows because i'm like i said i'm trying to figure out how i want to do my format I played around with some live. I don't know how much I like live yet. Um, I'd like to get some guests on here as much as I can too, because as much as as easy as I did just do 90 minutes by myself, I don't always like it. I do like bouncing stuff off people. So anyone has advice that they think would make my show work better, I'm always open, man. So like I said, Jimmy P Podcast on Facebook and um, sports are back, guys. It's uh. It's pretty great. I mean, I know soccer's. I'm a big soccer fan. I know that's been back, but I mean, like, like baseball, like American sports. It's, it's great, man. So I hope we're all ready for the season. And 
Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it and just, you know, tell me whatever y'all want to hear. And I look forward to talking to y'all next.